Ms. Davidson. Okay. Okay, go ahead and call the matter. One item one, Fox Ortega Enterprises. Okay, let's have appearances in the courtroom first, please. Mark Bostic, one of Rosa Black, Athena Kern, also Tracy Green, on behalf of the trustee. Well, proposed counsel to the trustee. Proposed counsel for the trustee. Right. Not a laughing matter. Pardon me? Not a laughing matter. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Maggie McGee for the U.S. trustee. Okay. Michael Casola is the trustee, Your Honor. Okay. Thank you. All right. And on the phone? Good afternoon, Your Honor. Paul Pascuzzi, Felderstein, Fitzgerald, Willoughby, and Pascuzzi for Community Bank of the Bay. Okay. And? Good afternoon, Your Honor. Stephen Feinstone, counsel for the debtor. Okay. All right. Everybody got a look at my order this morning? Yes. Okay. We've got a few things to talk about. We've got two applications for employment as to which I had some questions and concerns. We've got a motion by the debtor about which I have some questions and concerns. And we've got an overall thematic question at the outset of this case. Why don't I, let me start with some basic housekeeping. And Mr. Bostic, can you tell me where you guys are with your conflicts check? Come on up and let's talk for a minute or two. I think we're up to X by now. We're in the later stages of the alphabet. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. The application indicated that you weren't sure you'd be done with the check before January 31. Correct. Okay. It also gave me a sense in a way that sort of reminded me of a lot of old UCC questions. You were going to adopt a slightly different convention than what you normally do in checking names. Correct. That whereas in other circumstances where there were fewer names, you might have checked every variant of the name. Correct. The way one would, for example, for a careful UCC check. It's the analog I think of. You were going to just go by the actual names in this case because of the number of the names. Correct. Okay. Let me pause right there and say I think you're right in the following sense. We have to adopt conventions for these unwieldy situations where we have lots of names and we need to do things reasonably promptly. I don't have a conceptual problem with that. But no matter what convention we adopt, it's not a what Montali used to call PG&E, a get out of jail free card. If there's a problem, there's a problem. And when we learn there's a problem, then we'll deal with it. What gave me some pause and what I wanted to talk with you about directly was in some context, what I used to do as a lawyer and what I see in a big case is a conflict check that doesn't go A to Z but goes top to bottom. So I would have, again, wouldn't excuse the occurrence of a conflict if there were one with the 8,947th person on the list. We'd have to deal with it. But what we used to see in big cases and what you've probably done in the past, I'm not sure why it wasn't presented to me this way, this time was, look, we've checked the top 100. We've checked the top 200. There's no problems there. 
And that's, as I said, that's not a resolution of everything that might come later, but it's a better sense to me that on a conventional, who's most interested in this, who might have the biggest problems with this, you know, somebody who's, who thinks they bought $500,000 of wine versus somebody who might have bought $150, that among the big crew who are likely to hire big-time lawyers and come in and argue about things, you don't have any problems there. And what concerned me was I didn't, if you were asking me to bless the employment without having any feel for that and just deal with this by conflicts counsel later, I would have had a concern. Does that remind me of making sense? I, I think so, Your Honor. Okay. And that, what, what I'm trying to say is um, I, I would have been more comforted by the idea that you, you had, you could assure me that down to this level of claim, we're going to have a problem. I see. Because if I, let me, let's just say theoretically, okay, I entered the order today and we found out because somewhere in, in the X's, you know, there are five people in the top 20 with whom you have a conflict or a connection. I would have been uncomfortable after the fact, okay? Okay. So I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to make this a meandering conversation. I'm trying to tell you that, you know, we all have to solve these problems as best we can. And one convention is to figure out who's really worried about this and why. And, and you can tell me that among the people who are most worried about this, Judge, we can tell you, we've checked those numbers, and those numbers are, we don't have a problem. Okay. That's so that, that, gives me, that gives me a different way of looking at it. I'd be happy to present it that way as okay. well. Okay. So that, well, I mean, at this point, it's a question of, of just timing. Okay. Um, that's an issue. We'll... we'll Actually, do you know right now whether that check has been done in that way? And no, you... no, I can't say that it has. Okay, because that might be a quicker way to deal with this. And again, I'm not suggesting that I know what the answer is going to be if among the 5,000 of the creditors there's a problem. I'm not saying that somebody couldn't move to DQ you and what I would do. I don't know what I'd do about it, but the chance of that being a problem is a different risk than somebody in the top 200. That's fine. It makes, sense, it makes sense to me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and all we're doing here, Mr. Bostick, is trying to figure out probabilities and trying to do things that make sense and create conventions that make sense. Okay? That's all we're doing. Well, do you know, I just would like to um, note that there is a creditor with a $660,000 claim who showed up today, Mr. Bott. So okay. To introduce you. Okay. And is Mr. Bott a client of yours? No, he's not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you sure? <laughs> all right. Okay. Mr. Bott, welcome. Where, where are you from? Sorry? Have Moon Bay. Have Okay. All right. Um, okay. Uh, we'll come back to other issues about the employment in a minute or two. Okay? Um, with respect to the auctioneer, my, my understanding is they were trying to dial in, but that didn't happen somehow? Is she on now? I, I, I think so. Well, actually, do we have someone? Can I ask whether we have someone on the phone representing West? Sounds like the answer is no. No, I apologize. I attempted to reach them today. I didn't see it in the order. I just didn't, I, it okay. didn't click until I got in this morning. And okay. when I tried to reach them, I couldn't. Well, are you, you're losing up to speak with what they're doing? Yes. Okay, so you can address questions about what they're doing? Yes. Okay. As can the trustee. Okay. Um, so, subject to Ms. McGee's objections, okay, about who should be doing this. The idea that we should be having an inventory toot sweep 
is a really good idea, right? The idea that we should have a lot of comfort about the security of this stuff, wherever it is, is a really good idea, right? Yes. Great ideas. The idea that we do an appraisal, I'm not as with you on yet, for reasons we'll get to in a minute, okay? So let me just ask a couple of really stupid questions about this case, okay? The schedules list $6,500,000 on an estimated amount, I suppose, of inventory, right? Now that means wine in a bottle with a label. Yes. Correct? Okay. And that inventory is at the Berkeley location now? Yes. And is the Berkeley location that's owned by a principal of the debtor? It's owned by an affiliate of the debtor, an LLC, in which the debtor holds a 60% membership interest. Okay. So is the rent being charged now? There's no rent. We're in a sort of a rent-friendly time right now. Okay. But there's also no income for that LLC to pay the mortgage. Okay. Well, we'll get to that in a minute or two. Okay. So when we use the word inventory, we all understand that what we're talking about is $6,500,000 worth of bottles of wine with a label on it that is at the store. We don't know that it's $6,500. That's what the debtor said. Well, I know. To the extent we have a number, that's what that number purports to represent. I believe that's true. And then there's another $300,000 that's someplace else. Exactly. Where is the someplace else? That's what we need to determine. We don't know that. No, we don't. Okay. Can I ask? Go ahead. If you guys need to help for a second, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Just go ahead. Just if he needs to tell you something, you can just say it. It's okay. We do know that there's wine in other places. There's some in London. There's some in Holland. There's some supposedly in transit. Okay. I don't know the $300,000, whether that's that. Again, that's the debtor's number, and you're not vouching for it. Not only that, but we don't know the details on all that at this point. Okay. So let me – but it would be the estate's position that wherever that stuff is, it's yours. It belongs to the estate. Correct. All right. Okay. Now, let me just pose this to you and or Mr. Feinstein. Was there something inventory-like, literally like sheets of paper with names of wines on it and so on, that existed as of the petition date? Okay. If you don't know that, that's okay. Maybe Mr. Feinstein does, okay? Well, okay. If you do, tell me. Well, I've inspected the premises. I've seen what's there. Okay. And the inventory is just held in inventory. They're not specified by name. We'll get to that in a minute or two. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's a more profound question that we'll get to in a minute or two, okay? All right. So your physical inspection would report to me that there are, I assume, boxes? Correct. And pallets and things, and it's warehouse-like? Yes. As a matter of fact, Your Honor, I would invite Your Honor to see the premises if you like. Well, we'll think about that, okay? Talk about that. Thank you for the invitation. Appreciate it. Okay. And pardon the interruption. Stacey Davidson has joined. Great. Okay. This is Judge Lafferty. Can we have your appearance, please? 
I'm sorry, Your Honor, what was that? I said this is Judge Lafferty. If Ms. Davidson is there, she can state her appearance, okay? Yes, yes, I am here. Okay, great. All right. We're talking about housekeeping matters, and I'm getting an understanding of what we mean when we talk about inventory, okay? Okay. All right, so you're free to listen, and in a few minutes when I stop asking my sort of foundational questions to the debtor, I'm going to invite comments from different folks, okay? Okay, wonderful. All right. Okay, further clarification? No, Your Honor. Okay. All right. The trustee was just advising that the debtor had prepared a record of the other inventory and that we have that record. Right, so there's something electronically or on paper that tells you what the debtor listed as the $300,000 worth of stuff. Correct. And is that what it supposedly is? I don't know. Okay, so there is something that lists out the $300,000 or so worth of inventory that's not at the Berkeley location. There's a record of where that wine is supposed to be, I believe. Okay, and that's like one list or that's a bunch of things? What do we know? Your Honor, my consolas. May I be heard, Your Honor? Yeah, come on up to us, Your Honor. Okay. Thank you. By the way, look, people testify from the podium all the time around here, so I'm trying to figure out what I don't know. Okay. Okay? Nobody's going to be cross-examined. It's not under oath. It's helping me, okay? To give you some comfort, Your Honor, it's a horrible story. Give me some information. Yes. Okay. Information. I'm sorry I've lost my voice over the weekend, so if it comes and goes, I'll repeat myself. Okay. So the inventory is we obtained an inventory off of the accounting system at the company. Okay, as of the petition date. As of the petition date. Okay. Okay. So we have a live inventory that we believe has everything on it. We believe that what's there. What's there. Okay. And then we're still trying to figure that out. Okay. Okay. But we know the bulk of it, the $6.5 million, we believe is on that list. Okay. You know, it's a 10,000-square-foot warehouse. Okay. It's climate-controlled. So how many bottles are we talking about? We're talking plus 30,000 bottles. Okay. Kind of think of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, I got it. Okay. So what you start with, at least, is the debtor's records sense of what's there. Correct. They've got what they thought was there at one time, not the sales over a certain period of time, derives a number. Correct. Whether it's right, you don't know. We don't know, but we can use that to match it. That's a start, okay? Right. And you're going to compare that against other things you later do. Okay. Now I guess better. Okay. And that would be later is a physical inventory by bottle. Okay. Does that help? We'll let Ms. McGee talk in a second about the inventory issues and about the other auctioneer issues. It's Ms. Davidson? Yes. Okay. What I said before you joined is that the tasks that are set forth in the application to employ rest initially as a consultant, some of them made perfect sense to me and some of them I'm a little iffier on, okay? The one that made perfect sense to me is somebody's got to do, from the estate's perspective, an inventory and find out on an actual physical inspection basis what's there, okay? And that's absolutely right. The securing of the premises is of the highest importance, okay? Ms. McGee is going to make arguments about who should be doing that and, you know, so on and so forth, and we'll talk about that. But as to whether those things get done, those are very high-priority items. 
The appraisal is something that I am not, the utility of which I'm not currently as convinced about. Okay? And here's why, one of the reasons why, is it seems to me that if I'm thinking about this case the way similar cases have played out, thinking about the Carolina case, which you're probably well aware of, right? Okay. And Judge Small's opinion there? Right. Okay. Um, one of the potentially difficult issues in a case like this, and I'm not suggesting what the right answer is, I'm saying it's an issue, is who owns this stuff? You know, is this really a state property, or is it something that somebody in Rochester, New York, can say, I don't know, claim those are my bottles? And one of the questions I could have had for you even before the preliminary motion would have been, what thought you guys given to how we begin to tee that up so that when we start with what we're going to do here, we're doing it on a due process, notice kind of basis, and if somebody wants to make an argument that what's there isn't the estates, we figure out, we know what we're going to do about that. And I'm not suggesting I have any idea what the right answer is, or who's going to make those arguments, or exactly what it is that's going to determine those arguments, but it seems to me that that is a big gating issue in a case like this. It just is, okay? So we'll come back to that in a moment. So the, the reason why I wanted to pause on the appraisal is to the extent the appraisal is a predicate to an auction, and I'm not trying to give everybody a seizure here, I don't know if an auction. As I say here, I just don't know. And if we all okay. know what we're going to auction, I just don't know. So that suggests to me a couple of things. I think West has to understand that I literally don't know, as I sit here, whether we're going to get to an auction or not. I don't know if it's going to be the world's greatest auction or a very limited auction. I don't know. And to the extent that any of the services that are being performed or would be suggested to be performed in the application are really things that really go to an auction versus this inventory and security issue, I'm not sure if they are top-level priority things to be done. And that's an open question okay. for me, and I wanted, to, I wanted to address that with all of you. And Ms. Davidson, those topics are for everybody, but I'm glad you heard them, okay? And we'll come back, we'll come back to that in a minute or two. Um, okay, understood. Uh, with respect to the issues set forth in the preliminary motion, Okay. The um, the kinds of things you're telling me you want to do are not out of left field. You know, having insurance is a good idea, both on the inventory and on what's there. Um, having power on is a good idea. Okay. Having access for at least some period of time to computer records and things like that is a good idea. What, let me just put this in context for you. The problem with this case is it's a seven that presents like an 11 at the outset. Okay? And the problem, just to tell you what gave me concern over the weekend and what gave me concern when I wrote the order and what gives me concern now is that ideally we would have been talking about these this is a seven like an eleven issue fairly early on, and we would have been talking about what you need to do to bend seven to make it work here. Okay? And we would have been talking about these issues of who owns this stuff and how do we determine that in a way that doesn't strike fear through the hearts of wine lovers around the country. 
9,000 of whom have a stake in this thing. Okay? So that gives me concern about the way the case has begun. And it gives me concern about, I mean, a deep judgmental concern about what we do next. And we're going to come back to that. That's going to be a theme throughout today. Okay? We'll come back to it. But the kinds of things, subject to some particular questions about the insurance policy, let's make sure I understand, the kinds of things you're asking for money to do are not at all crazy things under the circs. The problem is what I really need to hear, and whether I hear it today or I hear it in something that's a supplement to the motion, is what's the plan, small p? Okay? And how do we deal with these notice issues? How do we deal with the concept of conflicting claims about who wants this stuff? How do we deal with, you know, are you going to operate a business? And in some ways you are, and if you are, how do you do it? You know, that's the thing. I mean, even a more comprehensive sense of how this is going to go. Am I making sense? Okay. Uh, let's do this. Uh, let's table for a minute the application for, to play you guys, because you're going to give me some further info about, you know, at what level you can tell me you've checked and there's no conflict or connection or whatever down to level X of the creditors. Okay? And that's going to help me. Okay? That's table. Yeah. Okay? The appraiser, I told you my concern about the appraisal and sliding imperceptibly from inventory to auction prep. That's a concern for me because I know that, and I say this with enormous respect for Ms. Davidson and West, it's not a small thing to go ready to do an auction like this. It costs a lot of money. And if and when we do one, I expect it to be a serious undertaking. And, but I'm worried that we not spend money without thinking about it. So I'm worried about putting the proper barriers around what gets done initially by the consultant here. And I want them to understand that at this stage of the process, what I'm going to expect out of them is a fee effort, which obviously you or whoever the counsel for Mr. Consultants is going to help with. But that's what's got to be done with It's not going to be the typical, you know, $3,000 and, you know, all the expenses I feel are charging, which I don't mean to be flipped, but, you know, we, we just don't put auction there's normally to the same kinds of things you guys are used to in terms of particularized records and particularized, you know, expense accounting. Okay? So let me, let me do this. Um, initially, Dr. tell me something. I want to hear from Ms. McGee. Well, I just wanted to address a couple of discrete uh, points in, with regard to West. Okay. Just so we're all on the same okay. page here. So um, with respect to the uh, with, with respect to the fees that the trustees pay in West on an hourly basis, we when did, it is paying or would pay if I approve it? Yes, it would pay. What okay. My point is we are... We did plan at the outset to file the application with Wait, respect what? to the speech. So, okay. yeah, so nobody ever thought that wasn't going to happen. Okay, that's good. Uh, with respect to the um, appraisal that they're going to do yeah. for us, I had sort of a similar reaction initially to, to you. Like, that makes me feel better. Why would we do that? That doesn't make okay. sense. But unfortunately, we do need that in this case. Well, because, we'll talk about that. Okay. Because what's going to happen next at some point is we're going to need, obviously, some financing. And we, although we can all say, well, the debtor says there's $6 million well, I, I, I hear collateral, I hear we need something well, I to show I'm actually, I'm actually encouraged to hear that for reasons I'll get to in a minute or two. I hear you, okay? Okay. So but let's, let's do this. Let's let Ms. McGee, who filed under, any of Ms. McGee's objection to the application to Employee West? Um, we have discussed our objections. I filed it 
and maybe I'm not sure. I tell you what, do, do we? What, one more thing to add. I'm sorry oh, to interrupt. Okay. We did discuss her objections, yeah. and so I did make some changes in the proposed order. So one of her issues was that West, we had asked for West to be compensated for securing the premises. Yeah. Uh, and we don't need that at this point, you know, because um, initially we thought that would that we would need their assistance, but in the end, it could be in the future we may have need have it. You dis have you discussed that change with Ms. McGee? Yes, and I've showed her their proposed So order. is that part done? Yes, that part, uh, well, preliminarily. I mean, uh, this has been moving very quickly, so I need to speak with the U.S. trustee regarding whether or not she's going to be satisfied with the okay. response. But I, I think it, uh, it's... it's since you're not employing them to secure the premises, that then that takes that care of that, right? Right. Okay. Right. All right. The premises, well, well, we wanted to make sure that the premises has already been secured. Well, I, I know. And, and I hear you. I hear you. Okay. Are you done with your discrete points? Um, I believe I addressed all the other. Well, let me, let me hear from Ms. McGee, and we'll, yeah. and we'll, you know, nobody's going to be silenced here. Everybody will have their say. Okay. okay. Come on, Ms. McGee. I think we, we oh, thank you for your objection. It was I, thank you for weighing in as quickly as you did. You're welcome. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I as far as the the security issue is concerned, we did have extensive conversations today. We are satisfied that the property has been secured and was okay. secured at least by the 11th. So okay. Um, well, that's the Monday after the case was filed. Right. Okay. Right. So. Um, so that was the world's greatest clearance sale of the weekend. Everything's fine, right? Right. Okay. And um, so there really isn't a need right now for additional. Okay. I think we've all agreed there's so, not a need for but, additional security okay. right now. And if there is in the future, if a necessity arises, then they will file another application. Okay. There's the possibility of a security guard being appointed. Well, that's going to happen. So secured means you can lock a door? Yes. Do you mean anything else? There's video cameras. And there's video cameras. And an alarm system. There's an alarm system alarm. we're going to talk about in a minute or two, right? Okay. So there's alarms and video okay. cameras, and the doors have been bolted. All right. So, so to the extent that's been done by the trustee, that's okay. Yes. And then the other, the okay. other issue is only whether or not West intends to be the auctioneer. Because I was well, confused I was about. Well, no, I'm actually that I was confused as well, Your Honor. Yeah. They're not applying to be an auctioneer. Well, not They're just doing yeah. the inventory. Yeah. So, uh, if if the in, the uh, the uh, the inventory has to be conducted in such a way that the trustee has immediate oversight over right. the inventory process. Right. If West is going to be the auctioneer, because there's too much of potential I, I, for I know, misconduct I know, if I know. there's inventory. Well, the simplicity in my remarks is that I'm not saying that they can't be the auctioneer, but we all have to be careful about proper incentives here, right? And, 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 and the transparency of information. And that is not a knock on anybody. It's just systemically we have to worry about those things. It's not that West is suspect. It's just that that's the way we think about the world here. Right? right. So I guess that issue has been resolved to the extent that there's nothing in the order employing West that says they're eligible to be the auctioneer. Or not. Or not. Right. And that we will determine that. At a, if and when they are okay. applying to be the auctioneer. Okay, I got you. Okay, so does that resolve that, your objection? That resolves our okay. issue. Okay, so you leave with just a question about scope, maybe. And maybe that's going to get resolved, too. Okay, does that make sense? Yes, Your Honor. Okay. Although I just want to say that this is a 
process still in motion, and I don't know that we might not have other issues after. Mm. I'm not not today, and I and well, I have no other issues right now. Have you looked at the form of order? I have looked at the form of order, but I have not. It has not been approved by the U.S. trustee. So you need time to do that. Yes. Like a day. Yes. Okay. I'm For example, imminently, I'm okay. hoping to go back to my office and have had that approval, but I don't have it as we speak. Okay. Well, that you know, look, you may or may not get back when people are still there. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. But but what you're telling me is that you think you could have a reaction certainly by tomorrow morning. I would certainly hope so. Okay. Okay. Appreciate it. And that that would take care of your objection as to what we know now. Yes. Okay. Got it. Okay. Very good. Okay. Um. You ready, willing, and eager to say something? Well, I, I, I was going to make two points. Go ahead. Yeah. The first is that this case has a lot of moving parts. I know. Flying right out of the get-go. I know. But one thing that's not moving is the inventory or the evidence that's at those premises. That's our primary objective. All right. So what you're telling me is that stuff's been locked down and secured that's from and after the election. It's not been sold. There's been no sale of that, and there okay. won't be any sale except upon court order. And okay. Well, then what, what was the meaning of the trustee's statement, I'm selling wine? I, I, I don't know where it is. I'll find it for you in a minute or two. Okay. We'll okay. I mean, that was a concern. Okay. For obvious reasons. Right? No, he's not selling wine. Okay. There's no sale. Now, maybe I'm collecting receivables. No. It's $50,000 receivables. There's only fifty k, right? Okay. okay, so let me ask you this. The debt stops with zero cash on hand, right? Pretty much. And now we have 24. Right. Where do we get that? Those were checks in the possession of the debtor at the time. Okay, for, for transactions that had occurred. Correct. Okay, so those have been realized by the trustee, and there's $24,000 that does not represent any post-petition sale Correct. of anything, and there has been no post-petition sale of anything. Correct. Okay. All right. Um, that is comforting. Okay. Um, and I, I mean, I'm not kidding. I, I, I and people I love saw a reference to sales in the declaration. I thought, my gosh, that's of, con of some concern. And um, I'm happy to hear that hasn't happened. Okay. okay. Uh, no. Oh. You know what? I'll hold my thought. You go ahead. I was going to say, I wanted to address the heart of the matter, which I think you were raising before. Yeah. And first of all, I appreciate the fact that the court called this in on the employment application. I'm sorry that the court had some problems. But well, no, look, in a big, messy case, we have problems. It's not, it's not saying that anybody's done anything wrong. No, no. What I'm saying is I could not have been comfortable entering an order on your employment, not knowing if you had conflicts at this level versus that level. Well, I think, well, for one thing, it does present us with this opportunity to discuss how this case is going to go, and that it's this, this active Chapter 7 case. Yeah. We can use this opportunity and any further opportunity the court wants to set. Well, we're going to do that, okay? Yeah. We're going to, because we're going to, I think we're going to walk out here with an agreement at least conceptually, that while we may call this thing seven, at least at the outset, until we get over the question of what do we have, who is it, and how are we going to sell it, you know, once we get past the sale, it's a lot like a seven, and people have claims or they don't, and we pay them or we don't, and so on, okay? And you object or you don't, and all that. But it's getting to that liquidation that's going to be the hard part. Right, because I think what the court's saying is that it wants to address the title determination before the sale process. Well, what I'm saying, I guess, can I put it slightly differently? Of course. Uh, I think there's a fair amount of authority in the Ninth Circuit that absent consent of the parties about, you know, some liquidation event, okay, unless the estate is able to demonstrate its interest in property, it really shouldn't be selling property. 
and I forget the name of the Montali BAP opinion. It's eight or ten years old, and I meant to find it. We couldn't quite find it. And I just want everybody to have that principle in mind. And that suggests a lot of things. It suggests, for one thing, a certain number of the constituencies here, that the 9,000 people have a claim or own wine, might agree with you that the smart thing to do is to sell it. That makes it easy. Then it's not an issue. And they might think it's a smart thing to sell it because it's going down in value somehow, or they don't want to wait for cash, or cash is the same as wine to them. That's all fine. But for people who don't agree, we have to come up ultimately with some way to figure out how we know what you own and what somebody else might own. And I have no idea what the answer to that question is, but much more important for this kind of thing is what's the process going to be. You know what I mean, right? We've got 9,000 people who ain't never heard of bankruptcy court, and all they know is they think they bought wine. And a percentage of them will probably take the position that they don't have claims. What they have is their wines at your place. They'll come pick it up. And we just have to come up with a smart way to figure out how to get to those questions and figure them out. And there might be lots of smart ways to streamline that. There might be smart ways to come to a stipulated agreement about facts. There might be lots of ways to figure out how to do it that doesn't involve us reinventing the wheel 9,000 times. But that's an issue in the case. And what gave me, honestly, as much concern about the idea that wine was being sold here, and I'm glad to hear it wasn't, is not just that I'm not sure what the authority would have been, but it would have made it appear to people who aren't here and might be very concerned about this process that what was happening was their rights were just being bulldozed. You know, the trustee was going to do something and I'd hear about it later. I'm very happy to hear that hasn't happened. And we have to jointly stay ahead of the process here. And we have to come up with a process that is going to make sense and respect due process and give people a chance to make arguments they want to make. That's my speech, okay? And I would say that we feel the same exact way. Okay. Our view of that in terms of what we're doing actively is to make sure that what's there is preserved as an evidentiary record. Yeah. So that there's any evidence as to where it was or what situation was different from another. We're trying to preserve that. Yeah. One more question. Can I ask you just to make sure? I think the answer is no. The debt has no interest in something that's in a vat over in France and not yet won. Now, I don't know that much about this. I'm sorry, the estate. I don't know that much about this difference. I know people were buying something that people, you know, without on their talk about it, say it's futures. Right. So does the debtor have an interest in stuff that's not yet wine or grapes or grape juice? We think the debtor does have an interest to the extent that the debtor gave money for something that it hasn't yet received. Okay. So that we have to figure out. Right. Okay. At some point. But that's not on an inventory anywhere, obviously, right? That wouldn't be considered. There's nothing for sale. So that's not inventory. Well, that is certainly a claim that could be massive. Some people think that's the difference between the $7 million and the $70 million. But that's something that we, I mean, it's not show up on schedules yet. Certainly not yet, no. Okay. But that's something that you have your eye on. Right. And I want to also point out that, you know, some of the difficulties are, among others, that the two principals here with most knowledge are both have criminal lawyers and bankruptcy lawyers. I understand. So my next question was going to be whether there's somebody who's an office manager who's not going to be the target of an FBI investigation that you can talk to. We have one person, and we'll be coming back to the court. We'll be on the same page about that. That was my first thought, too. I mean, somebody who's not going to be worried about Fifth Amendment issues, but who knows something about the business, that's important. Or IT person, actually. Yeah. Okay, good. So we agree that given the scope of this case, the number of creditors, the type of creditors, the product of the issue, 
Integrity of the process is the number one thing. Maximizing value to the, for the estate, of course, is also yeah. important. And but we, we try to work the way that this gets resolved so that the court can is comfortable and everybody in the process is, yeah. seems to be fair as to the point at which we are allowed to go to sale if we are allowed to go to sale. Mm -hmm. But we don't have a definite amount of time to do that. Well, I'm not saying yeah. we do, and I'm not saying that I won't, you know, see you as often as I need to. Once I know what the issues are, and we can all agree what we're doing. Mm -hmm. But um, what I want to propose to you is that I, I want to take a step back. If this were the eleven, on the first day you'd have come in, and under the guise of saying I want to pay employees and I want to keep my bank accounts where they are and I want to honor gift certificates and all this other stuff, right? You would have told me the story of the case. And you would have said in that kind of 11 way, look, we're not ready to file a plan yet, but here's the big problem we've got to solve in the case. Here are the people we have. Here are the people who have an interest in that problem. And here's how we see us getting to the end. And I need something relatively similar here in terms of what you know you're going to have to do to get there. What do you think it's going to cost? I'm not going to hold anybody to exact dollars, but just roughly what's it going to cost and so what, what kind of expenses are you going to have and how long are you going to have them, do you think? Okay. Have you thought about how to tee up this runs the stuff process in a way that can be hopefully streamlined and fair at the same time? I'm not asking for answers now. I'm saying these are the things we have to start getting our arms around and you'll be thinking about in the 11 context and I think you'll be thinking about here too. Well, okay. Well, you know, with regard to that, I, I, I don't hesitate to make a suggestion because we're thinking about that. Obviously, yeah. it's a difficult issue. We have to think about that. Yeah. And it seems one mechanism would be simply to notice a sale for clear of interest in, in Liens, and to lay out within the context of that motion the contentions of the trustee, the facts mm -hmm. as they appear, and then people can object in okay. the context and, of those objections to make a ruling. That might be okay. But let me take a step back. What I guess I'm asking for here is some version of a motion under Section 721 that says, and I, and I, I know this isn't exactly the right analog, that says we have, we're going to have to in some fashion conduct a business here in the sense that we're going to have to maintain an inventory, we're going to have to spend money doing it, we're going to ultimately be selling some stuff, we're going to have expenses that may go beyond normal Chapter 7, and under that rubric, whether I am ultimately caught up running a business or something else, what I need is something that looks like the traditional first day motion. Exactly. It doesn't have to be every detail, Mr. Bostick, but it's got to be comprehensive, at least in subject matter. We've got to deal with these things, Judge. And here's how we think, here's how we're stuck to think and how we're going to deal with them. And I'm suggesting you're going to know all the smart answers in a week or two, but we've got to get our arms around the things that we don't know yet, know what we need to know. And the one thing I agree that the Dr. Buzzman is the thing that kills your life is the unknown unknowns. So we have to start thinking about what we don't know here and how we're going to learn it. And we've got to start thinking about what you know you have to do to get this thing to liquidation and how, what we need to do to get there. You know, we, the way we put that is to try to figure out what's what, uh, which of course we don't know. Um, and a lot of what we're going to learn to find out what's what is going to be in the electronic records that the accountants are going to go through to try to reconstruct. Okay, who's going to be the accountant? Uh, Richard Perotti. Okay, and you think there's an application um, yeah, underway for that person? I okay. think so, yeah. It hasn't been filed yet. Okay. Your Honor, Mike, a solicitor, not later today. If I get back, it'll okay. be first thing tomorrow morning. Okay, all right. So we're going to have... Um, Mr. Pryor, okay, that's good news.
And so we, you know, that process is taking time. He's, you know, everybody's working very hard on this case. No, I don't doubt it. And it'll take some time. Look, I've been where you are. Okay. Yeah. I don't doubt it. Okay, so let's recap. I'm going to get some information from you about the relative level of security I may have for the, you know, hot number, high in value number of creditors that you've checked. So you're going to give me something that tells me that up down to this and I can decide what to do with that, okay? Now, if you're going to be done with that check in a day or two, I don't want to make you reinvent the wheel. So if you're going to be done with it, you can file something by Wednesday. Just do that. Speaking of that, Your Honor, do you – I mean, I think under normal circumstances, what we would do is we would file a document that identifies all these connections. Right. Should we maintain that? Well, I guess I'm asking you. I thought at first you wouldn't be done until the 31st, which would get us into next week, right? And so what I suggested is, you know, if you want to give me – if it's easier for you to give me something that says down to this level, we know we have no problems, you can do it. If what you're telling me is you're going to be done in two days anyway, I don't want to make work for you. If you can give me a comprehensive report in two days, I don't want to make you come up with another one. Okay, well, I'll see where we are and pick the date. Why don't we check in on that relatively quickly, okay? We'll come back to the auctioneer order in a minute, but it sounds like Ms. McGee's first concern with respect to the security is not a problem anymore, that the future role of the auctioneer not being defined, she doesn't yet have a problem with them acting as consultants to do the inventory and or necessarily an appraisal, but we'll talk about the appraisal in a sec, okay? Make sense? Okay. And then the third thing we're talking about here is just this – my sense that, you know, I need something that's a comprehensive plan for what we're going to do here and how we're going to do it, okay? So let's come back to – let's talk about the appraisal. And my concern is I guess I'm not entirely sure why we need an appraisal immediately and whether we're getting into some issues that Ms. McGee raises that might be complicated for the trustee and West if we do that now. So give me a sense of why we need to do it now. The trustee wanted to take in the appraisal so that he could have an idea of what the values were so that he could decide how to dispose of the property and also to give him a sense of if there was transfers of this, what the values were. He has to have a sense of what the values of these things are. Now, there may be a public record for each one of these as to what it is, and I'm sure that they would be drawing on such a public record to come up with their valuations. But it was just to give the trustee a sense so he knows what direction to take because he's faced with a lot of people coming in offering to buy all the goods, just one lump sum, or come in as an auctioneer. Yeah, but here's what – I guess here's my really stupid question. And go ahead. Your Honor, if I could just interject. Mr. Pascuzzi is on the line. He represents the bank. Yeah. If we need additional money to operate – We'll get to that in a second. I don't see how we could get it without the inventory. I guess my first question is there's lots of – you know, we need an appraisal for a house because we don't sell them every day, right? We sell wine every day. There's a retail number, right? I mean, tell me why that isn't the start of all this and why an – what's an appraisal going to tell us that's going to be different from what the retail number is? I know they're doing the appraisal, 
based on the retail price. You know what I mean? I mean, there's just a number out there at which we sell a bottle of Opus One. Well, Your Honor, that's what they're doing. They're collecting all that information. Okay, but that's not, I mean, an appraisal to me suggests something else. Well, you know, we can take a break in a minute or two, and if people need to sort of caucus about this and give me their thoughts, that's okay. But, I mean, I'm not suggesting that an appraisal is not useful, but it strikes me that this is a different kind of commodity. I mean, there are just numbers out there. I don't know what the wholesale numbers are, but there are retail numbers out there, aren't there, for bottles of wine. So, I mean, if this stuff is damaged or worth less than retail, I understand that. But, I mean, I guess I think that somewhere out there there's a schedule that just says a bottle of this sells for this, a bottle of that sells for that. So, my first question is, is an appraisal really what we need as opposed to an inventory? Okay, we will take you up on your offer to huddle afterwards to discuss this. Okay, let's do this. Let's walk through some of the other requests, okay? Now, at the moment, you've got $24,000 worth of cash on hand? Correct. Okay. $23,675. Okay. $765. Okay. So, the preliminary motion asks for authority to pay PG&E, right, which is about $4,500 a month or so? Roughly, including other utilities like water. Okay, so that's about $4,500 a month. You want to pay the alarm company, which is $500 a month or $500 a quarter? Quarter. Quarter, okay. You want to pay for Internet service, and that's to maintain access to electronic books and records. And the security system. Okay, so I guess my other question was, do you need that for a long period of time, or can you download those books and records fairly quickly, and then it's not so important that you have the Internet access? And I'll take anybody's opinion about that. We might. I am evaluating that, Your Honor. It's $100 a month for Comcast. I just found out today. Okay. So even if you bought for five months, it's $500. Correct. And that's about the time frame that I'm considering at this point. Yeah, okay. Five months. I got you. Okay. And then there's two different insurance policies, right? One is for the fixtures and equipment that's there? Yes, the property and casualty. Okay. And that premium is how much again, about $2,300 or so? Roughly something like that. Okay. The big one is the wine insurance, right? Now, I'm not saying that's a bad idea, obviously, but I have a couple of questions about the policy. So can I raise those now? Of course. Okay. On the first page, the assured is not really Fox Ortega Enterprises, right? Or does it have to be that for the insurance company's purposes? Yes, I believe so, Your Honor. It has to be that? It can't be Mr. Casola's S. Trust? My name is an additional name insured. Okay. It will be. Well, you're not on here, okay? So tell me you are. Yes. Okay. And that's not a problem, as far as anybody can tell, in terms of asserting rights or getting payments, the fact that you're not named on here? I don't believe so, Your Honor. Okay. The term of the policy, is this five months also? Yes, Your Honor. Okay. 
I was a little confused whether the $16,280 is needed up front or whether it's payable over a certain period of time. It's a minimum premium, Your Honor. So the way it works is it's approximately $3,000 a month. So for five months it comes to $15,000. The $1,280 is basically taxes, et cetera. But that's payable over five months? No, it's payable up front. It's a minimum policy. Correct. And then just so you may be a little bit confused, let me just make an example. If in the first 90 days we got rid of half the inventory, for an example, then the remaining premium would be, there is no refund. It's a minimum policy. That's it. That is the minimum policy. But what happens is, in this example, for the next 60 days, the premium would only be $1,500 a month instead of $3,000 a month. So as the inventory declines, the premium actually stretches out over a longer period. Okay. All right. So does that mean that you're going to pay $16,280 at the outset and $3,000 a month after that? After five months, if I did not get rid of any of the inventory, that would be correct. Okay. But when you pay the $16,280, you've paid for the five months. That's correct. And you're going to pay that at the outset? At the outset. So it's only if we go past five months that it matters? Correct. Okay. And that's what I meant earlier about basically a five-month period. Okay. All right. I didn't get that. Thank you for the clarification. Okay. And obviously when we talk about conveyances on this page one, this covers stuff in place and to a certain extent in transit, right? That's correct, Your Honor. Okay. So we actually were able to obtain a little better coverage. So if we – I want to avoid any conflicts if this is shipped out. Yeah. I mean, my plan is once it leaves our site, it's basically the carrier, the buyer assumes the risk. But if somebody comes in and disputes that, this coverage could come in and cover us. Okay. That's going to get to another point in a second. Okay. And I don't mean to give anybody a heart attack. When we talk about any lawful goods, to the extent that we've got FBI investigations going on here, if there's an argument that somehow some of what's there is ill-gotten gains, is that going to cover – is this going to be an issue? Do we know? I don't know, Your Honor. I mean, it's – I've seen the inventory. It is wine in a bottle. No, I understand. But what I'm saying is if somebody takes the position that whether it's, you know, untitled, the estates or not, it was gotten in a way that makes it not a lawful good. Oh. Is that going to be a problem here? Does this mean things that, you know, are always unlawful, like, you know, opium or something? Do you know what that means? Yes. You know, I don't know the answer to that, Your Honor. I know they're insuring the item itself. Okay. So I think the item itself is a lawful good. Okay. So that's not going to be an issue. It's not going to characterize it given the allegedly criminal conduct that might have – I don't believe that is an issue. Okay. When we get down to excluded items, I've got an Article 9 question for you. Are these things that are excluded, accounts, bills, debts, evidence of debt, et cetera, does this include things like warehouse receipts and bills of lading? Because to the extent that, you know, the thing is demonstrated by a document, as sometimes happens when it's in transit, I wouldn't want the coverage not to be in effect because, you know, the collateral or the thing wasn't the wine anymore. It was a document. Anybody know that? Are you talking about when it leaves the warehouse or when it's in the warehouse? When it's on the way, either. 
When it's on the way, the plan would be is that whoever buys it will provide their own insurance. Once it leaves our premises, we do not have a responsibility. Your mind is not practically an issue. Correct. But you hear what I'm saying, right? Correct. But what I was saying, Your Honor, is that this coverage does cover goods in transit. I talked about this with the agent. Because if somebody makes an argument that it was our responsibility, we do have coverage. What I'm saying here is goods in transit are referred to among merchants as not the good, but as a warehouse receipt if it's sitting someplace or a bill of lading if it's on the way to someplace. And the question is, are we going to have a problem if there's a bill of lading under this? You can look at that, Mr. Bostic, and tell me what you think. I didn't expect you to know it. Anybody want to tell me any more about the deductible amounts or limits? I mean, I take it that was as negotiated as you could do it? Yes, Your Honor. Okay. I shot this with a couple of brokers. Yeah. And this was the only one that came back. Okay. Okay. Travelers and Allianz declined. Okay. On page 5, we talk about there's a discussion of a two-week period between the time this is tendered and the time that it's returned. So that clock is not running yet, right? I'm sorry, Your Honor. I don't understand the question. There is a reference on page 5 to a 14-day period between the time that the form is tendered or completed and the time that it's returned. That clock isn't running yet, right? Nobody's going to tell me that, for example, I've got to approve this by tomorrow because otherwise the offer is going to evaporate. This offer is not essentially going away in a day or two, correct, based on the delivery of this policy to you for consideration, correct? I believe that's correct, Your Honor. All right. Well, if somebody thinks it's not correct, you've got to tell me real fast, okay? When we get down to the premium, what we're talking about under the subject of monthly declaration of values is going to be relevant after this five months, right? Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. No, I don't think you're going to be able to do anything about that. I'm not going to ask you. When we get down to the all bold and caps pages, this insurance company is not licensed in California? No. Okay. Anybody want to comment on that or tell me anything that I should know about that? We wish it were different. We wish they were. Yeah. But this is all that was available. All right. So what, anybody? It's backed by Lloyds, and that's the best that we could do. Okay. But everybody knows that, right? Yes. Everybody's got that firmly in mind? Yes. Anybody else want to comment? Okay. All right. Those are my issues about the insurance policy. Okay. Let me hear from Mr. Pascuzzi because it's really, it's your, you know, thank for you smaller secured claim that's being affected by this. Your Honor, before he speaks, I just want to mention, over the weekend I negotiated with Mr. Pascuzzi a right to a replacement lien to the extent we use the collateral. I'm not sure it's that relevant here because we're not getting a new product, but if it gives the bank some comfort, I don't see any downside because 
to the extent it has a lien, it has a lien on everything anyways. Yeah, depending on whether you own it or not. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Okay, Mr. Pasquale, any thoughts? By the way, it's a rare case where you get paid by somebody else $800,000 in the second week of the case, right? That's a surprise, huh? So it's a happy surprise. Good for you. Yeah. Okay. Your Honor, Your Honor, thank you for calling for my comments. You know, like you mentioned, it sounds like the trustee is getting the right things in place, insurance, utilities, the alarm, and as long as they're doing what they need to do to preserve the inventory, we're fine with it. And as Ms. Green mentioned, you know, I just had a couple tweaks to the order, keeping it simple to the extent they're using cash collateral and there's some sort of diminution, we have a replacement lien, if any. And other than that, we're fine with it, Your Honor. Okay. All right. Does anybody else want to be heard about the preliminary motion? Ms. McGee? No, Your Honor. You have no problem with it? Well, as I said, Your Honor, it has not been finally vetted. Do you need a day? I do. Okay. So by tomorrow noon-ish, you can tell me? I would certainly hope so. Okay. Okay. But, Mr. Pascuzzi, you're okay from the perspective of a secure creditor. Okay. Does anybody else who's here want to express any concerns about the trustee's proposed use of cash collateral and or what the expense categories are or anything else that relates to that? And, Mr. Bott, if you want to be heard, come on up and tell me what you think. So I'm not familiar with the processes here, but thank you for giving me a chance. Oh, you bet. Several comments. What I'm really asking about first is the trustee's asking to spend some money, and trustees don't normally do that in a Chapter 7 because, as I said earlier, this is really kind of more like an 11. We're all thinking of it that way. And they've got to spend some money to make sure that we're all fighting about something that matters at the end of the day if we're going to be fighting at all. So if you have any specifically first, if you have any comments about that, I'm happy to hear them. Nothing on that. Okay. Then what else do you want to tell me? Yes, thank you. First, the online system at Premier Crew was one of the more active ones around. And while it does encourage the online system, which tracked the inventory, tracked orders, and so on, was quite detailed and quite accurate. Okay. So they had a good handle within their IT system as to what's in the warehouse. Okay. And in doing the inventory, I would just encourage perhaps getting one of the ex-employees who's familiar with that system. Well, it sounds like you know of an IT person. Okay. That's a good idea. Second, I understand about the North Carolina case as well, but to your point, there are people who believe that a fair portion of the inventory is already sold. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, of that 30,000 bottles, more than 10,000 are actually mine. Okay. They've been stored there for more than two years. Okay. Where he just said he was storing it for me. Okay. So, you know, I agree that to do an appraisal right now for the purpose of auctioning, to me, that's putting the cart a little ahead of the horse. Okay. Can I make a comment about that right away? I hear what you're saying. And, you know, as a judge, 
my job is to, is to decide disputed issues of fact and law. And I don't know if you're right, and I don't know if they're right. My first question is, what's a fair process to figure this out? Okay? And that's all I can think about right now. Who's ultimately going to win? I don't know. I, I totally understand. Okay? Understand. All right. And so I'm not trying to be hostile by not taking your side, but all I can tell you is my first commitment and the trustees and the U.S. trustees, and in some respect yours, is putting our heads together for how do we figure this out expeditiously and fairly. Okay? So I really appreciate those comments very much. And one final comment. Yeah. Um, with respect to, you know, sending it out for appraisal for an auction, um, depending on what's in that inventory, it may go for a fraction of what it would be worth to the people who feel they well, uh, just because most of the trophy items are already gone. They've been sold off. And prior to the commencement of the case. Beg your pardon? Prior to the commencement of the case. Yeah. Okay. Um, prior to the death okay. of bankruptcy. Okay. Well, we've got issues about who owns what's there. We've got some issues about what it's worth, but as I say, I'm a little confused because my thinking is that, you know, whether something gets a premium or not, there's a retail number for stuff, and that's just the number. And the third thing that we haven't talked about yet is there could be a lot of people who want to weigh in on how we do a sale, if we do a sale, what's a fair process for an auction. And that may include industry types for all I know. I don't know yet. And it may include you. Okay? I hear you. The okay? inventory, yeah. the inventory system will tell you, I think, uh, who should be people that are raising their hands thinking they own it, uh, because it's really very detailed and explicit there. Well, and there will be a lot of arguments about that, and whether something was segregated and whether something was mocked to the contract and whether something is, you know, shrunk wrap and all the things that Judge Small talked about in this case. So there are a lot of arguments about that, and I promise you that at least everybody will be heard, okay? okay. Anything you want to tell me? Yeah. Uh, um, that's it. I mean, I talk a lot more about pre-arrival no, things, I, I, other things, and so on. But yeah. There's a lot of detail here, which I mean, I'd be happy to contribute just on. Uh, okay. Uh, you know, I mean, can I ask a, a somewhat heretical question? Yes. We can have committees in sevens. Anybody thought about that? Uh, I mean, they don't necessarily perform exactly the same function because they don't, there's no plan to be developed in a case. But well, Your Honor, I think what we were thinking is that we would get do the inventory slash appraisal because different buyers will be will have different interests. And so until we kind of know that, for instance... No, I'm just asking generically, would it be helpful? It and might just, be helpful, but it also may overcomplicate it because... Okay, but I... We are considering that... I'm just reminding uh, folks that it can be done in the 7. It doesn't happen as often, but it's right. a possibility, okay? All right, and it's also. I mean, I, I'm aware that that if you take this to the extreme, if everybody says that's just mine, the committee's not going to help anything, right? Because there's no collectivist impulse there, the way there is in most chapter elevens. Okay, but if people like Mr. Bot say, "Look, I don't care. That's just my that's my bottle of wine. It's not yours." That's a whole other issue. Okay. Right. And but it's possible to have a committee. It's possible, and, and Mr. Bot may be differently situated. He may well. Right. Else. Right. So we have to get right. okay. to know what's okay. what before we do that. Okay. All set? I think the overwhelming uh, proportion of creditors, uh, by number and by dollars, are pre-arrival people for which there is no inventory. Uh, the, the, almost everyone has taken well, we'll, down their inventory. Out. Yeah, we'll, 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 I'm sure I'm hearing a lot about that. Okay. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. I really appreciate your comments. Okay. Thank you. Uh, what, I, what I'm prepared to do with respect to the, um, the West as, as consultant is um, with the changes that you've negotiated with Ms. McGee, um, 
and subject to her coming back and saying she has no further comments on the form of the order, I'm prepared to approve um, the inventory. And it sounds like the security is no longer really an issue, right? I want to I want to pause on the appraisal, and maybe not for more than a day or two, but I want people to get their thoughts together about that and, and present those thoughts to me in, in a way that gives me better comfort about the difference between an appraisal and just what a retail price is. You, you had offered before that we could uh, caucus about that. If we oh. still leave that possibility. Well, I, I guess you, you can't, but I guess what I'm suggesting is for today's purposes, what I know I'm going to be okay with is the inventory. Okay, so this again should be issued Ms. McGee raises that, you know, the trustee's got to participate in this if West is going to ultimately be a proposed auctioneer, which I assume is very much in their, in, on their mind, right? Yes. Okay. All right. So that's that I think is fairly easy. Um, I'm not hearing any objection, although we've all paused a bit on some of the risks about the insurance policy. I'm not hearing any objection from anybody about either the inventory insurance, the equipment and fixtures insurance, the PG&E expense, which is an estimate, right, but okay, the um, bail alarm expense, or the internet, let's, let's keep access to records expense, correct? All right. Now, you've got $24,000 on hand now, right? Most of that's going to go to the insurance, I'm assuming. And so the rest of this is going to be a function of what you might collect, just checks coming in that don't represent sales. It's, it's, and, and possibly some financing with Mr. Pescuzzi's client or somebody else. Be. Okay, all right. Okay. Um, would it help if we take a break right now and come back and figure out the next steps? You guys want a few minutes to talk? It would, it would. thank you. Okay, how do you want? So that so the one game by seven thirty. That's all. <laughs> that's true. All anybody cares about. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's Eight true. minutes. Yeah, five, five, ten minutes, perhaps. Come back five after. That'd be great. Right, is there, have I forgotten anything anybody thinks is hair on fire? Okay. See you. Your Honor, this is uh, Your Honor Stephen Feinstein on the phone. Yes. Um, first question, I guess, is. is does the court want me back on when you reconvene? Well, you're invited. I haven't asked you all that many questions, and you're certainly invited to attend. Um, the second thing is the case you were mentioning is called Rodeo Canyon Development. Yeah, I thought you were talking so about selling assets. Okay. That, that's, that's the case that says you can't sell what you don't know you have, right? Correct. Okay. Correct, Your Honor. All right. And is that a my thought? Is who's taking credit for it? Uh, yeah, well, that was a bad decision. Then it went up to the Ninth Circuit, and I think they basically agreed with Judge Montoli. Well, who wouldn't? Okay. All right, see you guys fire up. <laughs> All right, thanks. Thank you, Thank you, Yeah, he did. Yeah, thank you very much for giving us this one last chance to get back to you. Um, we, I have three little subjects to address. Okay. 
The first one is that the trustee and I believe that the court should be aware that from the beginning of this case, from the day that he got the call, the next day he was out at the premises, securing the premises, locking it down absolutely come Monday. Saturday the 9th. Saturday the 9th and Monday the 11th. From that moment that we went in there and walked in there, the plan is, the issue has been in front of us on how do you deal with this situation. Okay. And what Your Honor said reinforces the way we were looking at it as well. Can I make a comment for the next case like this? If I err in any one way, I mean, I will have a status conference at the drop of a hat. And you can do one in a 7 as readily as you can do one in an 11. And what I guess I was waiting for, and to the extent I was, you know, you were hearing concern from me, it was that I was waiting to hear from you guys, you know, a general plan of attack. Not answering all the questions the first day. I wouldn't expect that. But just these are the issues, here's what we're going to do. And I'm glad we're doing that now. We could have done it a week ago. Could have done it a week and a half ago. And I say that in the sense that I didn't expect you to have all the ducks in a row. But the sooner I know what the issues are, what we have to think about, the sooner you and I can start talking about the process to get to, you know, a fair end to that. And this is all about process. We do extraordinary things around here. You know, we void liens. We give discharges. We render non-dischargeability judgments. We do all kinds of stuff around here as long as the right people know and have a chance to talk about it and there's due process. And my worry was that we were kind of, we'd gotten behind the curve. I think, you know, we were running. We've been running since day one. Yeah. Try to get our arms around it. Try to secure it. You can come and tell me you're running. You don't, you know, this doesn't have to be all action items. But by the same time, we were, you know, we were doing the deployment. We were searching the. I understand. But look, I mean, what we have to do going forward is come up with some process where we're all comfortable. We're sort of ahead of the curve here a little bit. Okay? Okay. Make sense? It does. And I'll tell you about what you think we ought to do about that. And that's number two. Okay. Number two, you propose that we do the order to operate business. And within that context, present the plan and the issues. And that sounds like a great idea. Okay. But for process in that regard, we do have this huge credit body. Every time we send one piece of paper, it's going to be $5,000 to send out. Well, if you want to tell me that you want to limit notice, you've got to tell me how you want to do it. Is that what you're talking about? Yes, exactly. Well, you've got to, you know, we do these things in 11 all the time. Well, would the court entertain limited notice to the 20 largest creditors? Does anybody request special notice? Well, I think a variant of that sometimes is a notice that goes out that says we've asked the court to limit notice. The court is willing to limit notice to the top X plus those people who write back, not requesting special notice, but write back simply in response to this request and say, I want to be on the list. And if you want to present a version of that to me, that's done in 11s kind of all the time. And I think most judges are okay with some version of that. But it's got to be simple. I don't want people to have to fill out requests for special notice. What I think has been blessed fairly routinely is people can do a very simple thing to say, yeah, I want to be on that list. There's also the possibility, I know we've done it in other cases, of e-mail or website. There is. But look, I'm open to, I'm not doing it today. I'm open to all kinds of requests. And we can have a discussion and we can hear from folks and I can decide what to do. Okay? Thank you. 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 Thank
Okay. I'm not saying you can't limit notice. I'm saying that, you know, especially in a situation like this where the people really are all over the place, and what I don't want this to turn into is somebody like Mr. Bob, who's very sophisticated and has a lot at stake here, is going to show up, and somebody in North Dakota who bought $20,000 of wine isn't because it just isn't worth his time. So, I mean, I'm worried about that, as you are, too, I'm sure. But at the same time, people get to make a decision about that. And as long as we make the process of making that decision fair, I think we're okay. Well, I would propose that we would bring this motion to bring the issues to the court. Yeah. And the court can then decide how much notice it should give. Well, we've got to make a proposal and I'll react to it, okay? Okay. All right. Can I just jump to the end? Should we, until further notice, have a regular day on which I hear stuff on this case? Should I reserve time every other week to hear something? I mean, that's, look, we do that in the 11th Street. Yeah, sure. Well, to do that for now, see how much more you need then, yeah. Okay. Do you want to make a suggestion as to arbitrarily what we do? Well, in terms of meeting and addressing some issues, we could meet every two weeks. Yeah, we can have a rolling status conference every two weeks at a time we'll all agree. And you can give notice of that, okay? Give notice of that? How would you give notice of that? Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. Let's talk about, does anybody want to agree now on what kind of time works for that? Well, if we're giving notice, it could be, that's another issue. But as far as coming in for stats reports, I have no problem with whatever the court wants to do. Well, why don't you guys caucus and give me a sense of it? I mean, Wednesday mornings, you know, are pretty well taken up with relief from stays and with law and motion. How about Monday afternoons? Well, there are trials. And you're about to tell me something else. I was going to suggest this time, since we're all, this is a good time for. Well, let me think about that. Well, Thursday mornings tend to be good. Okay. But you guys caucus among yourselves and let's figure that out. That can be the subject of a request that I will look at favorably, okay? Okay. But what's your timing on getting together this initial 721 plan of action motion? Is that a week or two or what do you think? Well, I mean, I think, you know, these are complicated issues. I know. Still researching. That's another issue. So, all right. So, I mean, two weeks would be very optimistic, but we can try for that. Go for it. Let me try that, okay? So I will expect to see that motion within roughly two weeks. Right. Okay? Okay. We can set another status conference right now just so we don't lose this. If we were to set it out two weeks, Madam Clerk, would that be workable? That would be out to February 10th, I'm guessing? February 10th is Wednesday. I'm sorry, February 8th. February 8th is open. Okay. Let's do this. Let's set it for 2 o'clock February 8th. Okay. If something comes up before then, that's fine. But for now, I know we're going to come in and see you guys. Should we make it another week? I think so, Your Honor. Okay. That's a holiday. That's okay. I mean, there's two things. I want to be able to react to the 721 motion, but I want to give you guys a date certain for us to talk about whatever else has come up that doesn't have to be talked about before then. So let's just put it on the 8th for now. Okay? If it turns out that something comes up that has got to get dealt with before then and we handle all our business, we don't need the 8th, that's okay. 
But I just want to give you guys a date that's not too far out, and we know we're going to be able to talk again. Okay? So for now, for status conference holding date purposes, it's February the 2. All right? Okay, and Your Honor, so we're going to be filing an application to appoint the IT consultant. Okay. Uh, and then also probably limit notice somehow. We could do that before. Yeah, I mean, a limit notice, I, I, Ms. McGee, what's your sense of how long that should be out there for comment? Well, uh, the fact is normally the U.S. trustee likes the motion limiting notice to go to everyone, so that would have to be yeah. a fully noticed motion in order to give people an opportunity to respond because right. we don't know how sophisticated these people are. Yeah. Um, it depends, too, though, if the debtor has been communicating with these individuals through email and those are readily accessible. You mean the trustee? You might, well, or, or the debtor. If uh, Mr. Bott is referencing the fact that there's some, so, there's some regular communication that, that's what I heard I'm okay. mistaken but if this is something that we would have to talk about okay. about whether or not that secondary notice would um, would alleviate some of the due process concerns yeah. and give uh, maybe, maybe allow some shorter time period but I it depends it depends okay. on how, how I, I, okay. thoroughly these, these yeah, I, I guess all I can do is tell you that you can always ask me to shorten time. And if you want to do that and say that it makes sense under the circumstances and we're going to get it to everybody but we don't need 28 days or, or, or whatever you're going to tell me, I mean, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll deal with it as best I can. Okay, okay? that's fine. Make sense? Okay. Your Honor, uh, before I get to my point three, just going back to the motion to operate because that's going to be the context that communication occurs. Yeah. I'm not just using that. That's just sort of a happy mechanism to get everything under right. one tent, right? But it's a good mechanism. Okay. Um, but I was, I, I am contemplating just filing that and not serving it. And, and, I mean, the court can then decide that it should be served on all creditors or that something further should be done. Or, yeah. Because we do have a cost issue on service. I mean, we are... Well, why don't we, then why don't we do this? Can you file it the, the Friday before that Monday, before the 8th? And we'll talk about what ought to happen with it. Yeah, we will try. Let's do, we'll that. Try to do that. Okay. We'll take we'll take up on the eighth to whom it should be served, and what the next steps would be. But it's going to be your blueprint to me of what you think has to happen here and what the time relevant time periods should be. Right. Okay, I get it. That, that's okay. On the understanding that it's going to have to get served after the fact, but it's a, it's an aid to me to get it in the first instance, right? Right. First instance. What well, we would think about including in that would be addressing questions of notice. Yeah. Especially questions of employment and other authority okay. that the court and, and to the extent you can get your arms around it, due process kind of questions, Ray, determining who owns what, right? Right. Well, we just how how we talk the processing of yeah. that question. I mean, maybe there's no better way to do that than to say I'm going to sell all this stuff and correct. I don't know yet. You know, maybe that's the only way to do it. The, the third, the third point that um, I, I came back to you on is on this question of the appraisal. Yeah. Because there, there are these costs that are they're going to be incurred, and the, the only way that we see at this point of obtaining the funds for that would be financing. And the trustee believes that a preliminary appraisal based on this inventory, which is which is set to cost thirty five hundred dollars, yeah. which in the overall scheme is not that much, um, although it's more than we have. But in order to get the money to pay for it. You need to have a, some sort of valuation. The trustee's not in a position by himself to. Well, when's the inventory going to be done? We're hoping it'll be done by the end of this week. 
Okay. Here's what I'd like to do. Okay, I'm not saying no to the appraisal. I'd like you guys to finish the inventory, and then to the extent you want an appraisal on top of that, I'd like to have something that gives me a little bit more meat on the bones as to what the difference is going to be between an appraisal and the inventory. And whatever else Mr. Pascuzzi wants to say about the subject or whoever is going to be the target of the financing request can weigh in. Because um, it strikes me that, and not that Mike has to react to this, it strikes me that let's say your request is for $100,000 to, to make this case feasible for the next five months. What somebody really needs an appraisal versus an inventory to decide to loan $100,000 against what's purported to be $6.5 million. I don't know. But, I mean, there's, there are other questions that come up with the appraisal, but I'm not trying to be impractical, but it strikes me that my instinct is to just not approve the appraisal as quickly as you're suggesting I should. But I listen to you going forward, Mr. Casals. Can I address this? Yeah. Come on. Is Mr. Pescuzzi still on the phone? I'm here, yeah. Okay. He's very cannily saying nothing so far. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mike Cassell is the trustee in this matter. Yeah. So, as my counsel has advised, I mean, to, to proceed to the next step, I need to find some money yeah. to be able to do this. Yeah. Okay. I have limited funds. Yeah. I can basically pay pg next month yeah. and pay all the other bills and survive yeah. for another 15 days. Okay. I can't afford to have the power turned off. can't afford to have the, the internet or any of those other items compromised yeah. at this point. So I'm dealing with a little bit limited time. I talked to a company last week called GemCap, which is a financing uh, company that finances for trustees in cases like usually 11s. Okay. And and I've obtained their financing before, you know, in, in, in these circumstances. So their request was they needed an inventory and they needed evaluation. Now, when we say the word appraisal, what we're looking for is I need to know what I have as far as a current valuation. What we have, what we believe we have in inventory right now, is from from the debtor from the debtor's representation to us on that Saturday that we met with him. Was the inventory is carried at cost? There are items in inventory that are 12 and 15 years old. So what it cost 10 and 12 years ago has no relevance to what is there is today. So to delineate between inventory, well, can I ask you a dumb question? Sure. If on that basis you get the 6.5. How much high does it have to be to borrow $100,000? I, I don't. You know, I, I think what you're saying, Your Honor, is you're saying if I had an inventory and presented that to the bank, you're yeah. saying that they should be maybe satisfied with that? Well, well I'm saying is, what, what's, how is doing an inventory, I'm sorry, how is doing an appraisal going to get this off the goal line if what you're saying is 6.5 is probably very conservative, assuming you the stuff, right? Which we need to figure out right now. And, and that might be the issue because in that inventory, there may be distinguishing features where you could say, well, this stuff is clearly not claimed by anybody. This stuff is going You know what? We're not going to resolve that one right now, okay? Which is, which is why, in my view, there's a big difference between selling a particular bottle, which somebody might say, that was mine. And that's just that's just binary, one way or the other, versus lending against a six point five million dollar collateral base. Where is that? What's the chance that at least a hundred thousand dollars of that isn't yours? Pretty small. Pretty small. So, but I guess I'm trying to figure out if you're talking about, and I'm guessing you're talking about a hundred thousand to one fifty or so. Do you really need this appraisal to, to get yourself where you want to be? It, it depends, Your Honor, because, um, and let me back up real quick if I could just finish. Yeah. So the steps are, and, and yes, we have a plan. Yeah. We, we were prepared to come today to, 
type of plan that we will put together in the 721. Well, you can tell me, tell me now, but I just think it's, you know, I think it ought to come before me in a way that I can react to. to yes, and we will. We'll put okay. it together for you, but we do have a plan. Yeah. Well, I'm not trying to sign this everybody today. Yeah. I'm, I'm all ears about what the plan is, okay? And, and so part of that plan is, again, you know, marketing assets, securing the inventory. We've yeah. done all that. Yeah. Get the insurance. Good. About ready. All good. Now the next part is the inventory. We yeah. need to know what we have. Yeah. And I also believe I need to know what the valuation is for multiple purposes. Okay. What's the issue for financing? Yeah. But the other is, and I've been talking to many wine consultants over the last few weeks here on yeah. basically where the places if we are going to sell it. Yeah. We haven't decided that yet because we have to decide if we own it or not. That's paramount. But once we, if we do own it, if and when we decide that, yeah. we're going to have to cross this bridge. And I believe in the inventory after looking at it, uh, that some that's going to have to be sold by the trustee. You know, if it's the example, they've probably more than 30,000 bottles, just to let you know, Your Honor. That was a bare minimum, just okay. looking at the racks. Yeah. But, um, the, so the inventory needs to be done physically to ascertain what we have yeah. and compare it to what we have in the system, which we have, and we're in that process. Yeah. So then I need evaluation, and with that valuation, I can do multiple things. But the first is hopefully obtain financing, because like in the case of GemCap, if the current bank isn't going to finance for me, GemCap will not will not finance with the current bank's lien in place. They will want to take that out. And my understanding is that may be as close as two hundred thousand dollars. Okay. I don't know the number yet, but I'm sure the bank will get it to us okay. at the earliest convenience. Once we have that, so, I, so my loan with GemCap is going to be more than $100,000. Okay. But can I, can I make a suggestion? I'm not disagreeing sure. with anything you're saying. I just think having sort of sharpened the issue a bit, yes. I need to hear from you guys about why an appraisal is really necessary. Okay. My, my uninformed, you know, naive view is that what you're saying is this inventory, we don't know who owns it, but it's worth at least $6.5 million, maybe worth a whole lot more when you go to market to market, right? It could be. Okay. So the question is, what's it going to take for somebody to loan $100,000 or $300,000 against that? Correct. And, and I'll let you, you make the argument you want to make to me, and I, I can't resolve it today. I'm not disrespecting the argument, but I, you know, my instinct is I'm going to have to be convinced of that. Correct. Okay? And that's something you know what our thought process is. I appreciate it. Okay. And so in the next step, we're doing this valuation. I would use that for financing. It would yeah. also help me with regards to what I have. Yeah. Um, with, and, get, and basically get two birds for one. So once I have that valuation, then I can kind of I can actually figure out where I'm going to sell this because yeah. Well, these wines, these, let me just explain these wines. Yeah. This is not two buck chuck. Yeah. This is um, not just Stagsley. This yeah. is um, Chateau Lafitte, yeah. Rothschild, Ekins, yeah. The Rollos from the finest houses in Italy. I mean, this is an amazing collection of wine. Yeah. And I really, if, and without this information, it's hard for me to make moves into the future. So, okay. Well, I that's, I, that's, that's, that's all the rationale also. In, in, in a somewhat more focused app and a deck. Yes. But my first instinct is to say, if what you're telling me is this is worth 6.5 or some multiple of 6.5, right. what's an appraiser going to do to help somebody loan $100,000 against that? And can we put us that question since Mr. Scusi is on the phone that their bank is considering? Well, he doesn't have the answer right now. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but, I, I mean, that's a question for me. Okay. Ultimately, okay? That's right. But, but I mean, the, the, the um, step one is you guys finish the inventory. Yes. That is a valuation in and of itself, Okay. And if you, if you can attest to the acts that, it seems to me that step one, both for what do you have, somebody of what it's worth, and frankly, it's the first step in is it yours or is it somebody else's? 
Because if, for example, Mr. Bott thinks, you know, he bought 1,000 cases of Opus 1, he only has 300, guess what? Yes. You know, there you go. Your Honor, just to clarify, I don't think the inventory is going to attach a dollar value to the wines. Why not? It would at a cost basis because that's all the information we have. But this has been at a cost basis, right? We don't know. The 6.5 is at a cost basis? The 6.5 is at a cost basis. I mean, the bottom line is it may be on some retail basis, it might be a multiple of that, right? It could be, or this is a declining asset too, Your Honor. There are a lot of wines that are not worth the money that were paid for them, you know. Okay. That's a fair point. That's the thing I haven't heard yet. So that's the part that troubles me because until I actually have the inventory and actually do that valuation, I won't know the answer. Yeah, okay. And that may be why, if there really is a dispute about this, it's in everybody's interest to sell it. Yes, Your Honor. To sell it and figure that out later. Yes. As opposed to fight about something that six months from now you win that is worth nothing. And time is against me. I get that part and I'm expecting to hear that, okay? Yes. So do you guys want to give yourself a schedule for giving me an updated app way of the appraisal? Because I think I need to see these things addressed in this focused way, okay? Your Honor, Mike Casolas again, would you like that upon completion of the inventory? I would be more comfortable if it were done. Okay. I pulled Russ off inventory today at 2 o'clock when we were advised that the U.S. trustee did not want me to continue to have the inventory. Okay. Continue. Yeah. They leave at 5 a.m. for Midland and are out there at 9 o'clock. Okay. They're ready to come out tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock, but unless we have... Well, we're going to get the sign off of the U.S. trustee by noon-ish, I'm thinking, right? I certainly hope so. Okay. And what you're hearing is that as Ms. McGee sits here, she thinks her issues are covered. Yes. And what I'm willing to do right now is say that the inventory is okay. I'm pausing on the appraisal subject to you talking me into it through a further act. Sure. Okay? And so then just to clarify, Your Honor, in the inventory, should I have Russ come back tomorrow morning or should we wait? Well, I'm not your lawyer. Okay. We'll have to discuss. Yeah, you'll have to talk about that. Yeah, I know, because it's late in the day and I need to let them know because they have eight people out there. Okay. Well, what I'm telling you is that I have an independent problem with the order. Thank you, Your Honor. With respect to the inventory. Okay. The security issue is taking care of itself a different way. The appraisal, I'm just pausing on to get a more focused argument from you guys. Okay. And further support, and that's all I can say for now. I'll let my counsel go. Okay. I have no other, you know, I'm not getting in the way of this otherwise. Okay. The inventory is really, really important for a number of reasons. Yes. Okay? Appreciate that. Thank you. Anybody else want to be heard about that issue? Well, just a procedural thing. So I'm going to email the proposed order on West, excluding the appraisal over to Ms. McGee for her to sign off on. And as updated, ready to secure the issue, which you may already have done, right? Yes. And so then as soon as she signs off on it and lets me know, then I'll upload it. That's fine. And you guys can, you can reach out to Chambers and say it's being uploaded and we'll deal with it promptly. Okay. I have a very flexible day tomorrow. And if for some reason there's a delay on their end. Well, I mean, you're going to have to manage that. We'll have to manage that. Okay. All right. Makes sense? Yeah. Okay. So sometime from and after next Monday, it sounds like, we've got the updated app on the appraisal. Okay. Assuming that the inventory is completed by Friday. Okay. If it isn't, it isn't. And we'll just have to deal. Okay. And so, Your Honor, 
This is Mike Casolis again. I'm sorry. I'm, the, yeah. I'm not sure that it'll be. Uh, just to be honest with you, I at this since we're going to delay till tomorrow, I don't think it'll be done by Friday. Well, all, all I'm saying is, you know, we'll as promptly as you can manage after you get the inventory, even if I wrap. We will. Got yes. it. Thank you. Okay, Ms. Davidson, it's clear to you? A little unsure. So we would postpone until after 12 p.m. tomorrow? Well, that's up to you. You're going to have to talk about that with the trustee and Mr. Bostic and okay. to the extent she's available, Ms. McGee. Okay? What I'm suggesting is that I'm okay with the inventory piece of this and we're putting up the appraisal bit subject to the counsel for the trustee talking me into it. Okay? Okay. Understood. Okay. Everybody, are we good? Your Honor, I, what just want, I just want to thank the court for hearing from Mr. Casales. Oh, you bet. That's okay. I mean, this is a moving target initially. I mean, you're going to be doing more of the talking as we go, but initially this is a matter of the, telling the court a bunch of things the court doesn't know, and I thank all of you for your um, very constructive and very focused comments today. Anybody else? Anything else we need to do today? Okay, I will try to deal with the order as properly as I can tomorrow. Uh, don't be shy about reaching out to chambers and telling us if they are. Okay, in, in one of these people's e-box or whatever, okay? And um, from now, we have a date on the 8th, right? And I'm going to get the pleading that's most pertinent to that by the 5th. We're going to talk about it and what we do with it on the 8th, okay? And um, whatever comes up between now and then, let me know. Okay, Make sense? Thank you. All right, good luck, everybody. Thank okay, you. thanks a lot. Thank you, Your Honor. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.